Hey everyone, this is the Comic Vine Podcast for the week of December 30th. Wow, uh, 2011, and pretty soon it'll be 2012. I am here with Tony Guerrero, Editor-in-Chief of ComicVine.com. Hey everyone. And Norman Chan is joining us. Hello. Editor of Tested. So, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. Happy Comics. Last Lots comics, comics week of the year. Yes. And Corey is not here to join us. Oh, that's okay. Did you let him know? <laughs> this Maybe was the, okay. So uh, the secret is um, this was like a last minute podcast. This it's, We're actually recording this on Wednesday, the 28th. Mm-hmm. So we did not get a chance to read through all the comics, and that's why Corey is not here. We were thinking he, he wanted to do it like Thursday or Friday, but we're not going to be here Friday. And yeah. So sorry, Corey, if you're listening. It's all right. People are celebrating holidays, but it's good that we can get a podcast out. Yeah, yeah. So this is going to be um, probably one of our shorter podcasts. Um, there's really not a lot of comic news this week because right. I guess everyone's on vacation, everyone. even except for us. We're here. Yeah, did, did, we we did reviews this week. Yeah, yeah. And entire a lot of people didn't. Yep, yeah, some other people. Joy Esposito are not doing. Hey, Joy, how you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, and our office is like quiet. Yeah, there are three of us here. No one's in the office. We've got parking spots. It's awesome. Yeah. Got to drive in. It is very nice. Carry my... There's, so, still, there's still that lady upstairs with her loud yeah, shoes. With her like, clomp, oh, yeah, with her clomp, clomp, the heels. There, there's always a, a woman that uh, is upstairs from us, and she she walks around a lot. You can heavy, hear. Heavy steps. Yeah. And I'm just, glad I, I, I drove because I, I got that Ecstatics Omnibus. That's right. You got a really cool print, that? too. That was one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Oh my goodness! It's massive, though. Because it's I, I, Is it limited I, edition. Um, yes, no. So that's the retail price, and I got it at our comics shop, mm-hmm. Isotope. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can get it cheaper online. But mm-hmm. what makes this one really cool is the owner of Isotopes, James, has had he commissioned a limited edition Mike Allred print. Super whatever. I, you probably know more about this than I do, Norm. It's it, it'll last for two hundred years. Archival print quality. Yes, all that stuff. And 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 so you got you got a print, a Mike Spring Allred print. print. He yeah. and and it was limited. And on the back, because because James told me you got number eight. So I'm like, awesome. It's good number. And on the back, it's eight out of twenty five. Wow. So there's only twenty five. Cool. Did you get have to get permission from Marvel anyone? Uh, I don't know. Is that a print? But. No, because uh, yeah, because he's he's selling the the book at at what it you know, retail price, yeah, yeah. and I I don't really know how how it works. You know, well, he, wouldn't it be similar to what they do at conventions where they can you know do sell prints of characters that don't belong to them? You know, like Batman well, that's true. prints, like or, or individual artists, like yeah. Artists okay, that makes sense. And he's commissioned, like so it's original art. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's like a blown up piece. Yeah, it's. Okay. I'm pretty it's, sure it's pretty big too. Yeah, I mean, because it, it could it could be folded to fit over the omnibus. Not that you would do that. Heck no. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because you, you know you got your regular cover. You can make it, and he in the store he's got two of them sitting on the shelf, and one the, you see the regular this one, is. It, and and then there's a folded up one that you can see what it would look like, which it would cringe to have case, to have right? to do that. Yeah. So it's um, yeah. I'm gonna have people to want a picture. A you can probably post it on Twitter for people want to see. Oh, I already did. Yeah, okay. it's already there. And um, check check Tony's Twitter. There'll be an article, um, just like a review of spotlight, um, maybe already up by the time you're listening to this. You're gonna, you're gonna read it tomorrow, maybe. I I've read all the issues, but um, 
But yeah, I can't wait to read them again because, I mean, it's for people who don't know, um, Peter Milligan and Mike Allred took over X Force. Like this was back when Cable was there, Boom Boom, Cannonball, like all them, and then all of a sudden we had this new team, and and it was just really weird. And they're they were really like celebrities, government is it's it just totally different from from the X Force. And you know, people, I think like the original team, like all got killed, and then we had these new teams, and that's where Dupe came from. And all this, and then they later changed to Ecstatics, and it just and the premise of Ecstatics was weird too. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of like the same thing, and and but there were, there was a real, from what I recall, there was like a like a celebrity angle to it, which I always think is neat because I, I think superheroes would be bigger than celebrities. You know, you, people going about Brad Pitt or right. you know Angelina Jolie, but if you see like, hey, there's Captain America in Ultimates. Yeah, so you you kind of get a little bit of it, but I, I think I mean that's it would be huge. They would be big time celebrities and. So it's it's really. Booster Gold. Do you like Booster Gold? I do like Booster Gold. Um, yeah. I, unfortunately, I don't. I'm not crazy about Justice League International. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's just the first arc. No. It just. I, I, when I read it, I wasn't such a fan either. It, I mean, everyone if, became a fan of Booster Gold in '52. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after that, kind of petered off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know he had a big part in Flashpoint, but Wait, just what what's '52? Yeah, that's right. What what's '52 doesn't matter anymore. I don't know. Uh, but nice. with with Justice League International, it's like you know you got Batman thrown in there, which doesn't seem to jive with all the. Other, I mean, that's the problem with the Batman books is they. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of cohesion right. between them. Yeah, you know, you know, Scott Snyder did tell us on a podcast that they work together. See, I don't know if that's a problem. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because like I kind of like the Scott Snyder's Batman so much mm-hmm. that I don't want anyone to. Yeah, it let it be its, its own thing. Let Tony Daniel do his own thing. Yeah, and and, and and Peter Tomasi <laughs> is is doing great yeah, with with well Batman and Robin. Um, yeah, Dark. Let, let Tony Daniel and uh, and and David Finch do their own thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, David Finch, I forget who's writing it with them. We we have the, a new issue came out this oh, week, that's... and um, so yeah, there's there's not a whole lot of that. And then there, of course, there's complaints that I had with uh, Batman Incorporated that you know we had. For those who haven't read it yet, there's like three kind of big things that happen at the end, and we didn't have any acknowledgement or any any not even a mention or a nod or anything in in the first four months of all the Batman books. And you know, someone had pointed out in the comments that you know supposedly Grant Morrison had an outline, laid it all out, but there there was nothing and. The main thing with Batman, the Batman books have pretty much continued after, you know, the new Fifty Two after Flashpoint. So I, there's got to be some repercussion or acknowledgement. And you know, Grant Morrison's supposed to return to Batman Inc. next year. And where does it pick up? It's just because we've got so many different stories. So do we do we pick up where we left off with Batman Inc.? Yeah, I mean, and, and there is there's a note there that says this takes place between uh, New Fifty Two and, and Flashpoint. But here's here's a crazy like thing that. is, and and here's the other thing that confused me is when DC put out a preview for this because this is originally supposed to be like issues nine and ten. They they mentioned that Stephanie Brown was going to be spoiler. Right. So I'm like, okay, I totally. I will accept this slight little tweak or change. She's no longer Batgirl. She's not. She's gonna be spoiler, and because you know Batman sent her off to that school, you know, to yeah. figure out what At was least going she's on. Still around. Yeah. So they're gonna call her spoiler, but they changed it back to Batgirl. She's Batgirl. She's got the Batgirl costume, and what um, Cameron Stewart posted on—I I don't know if it's on his Tumblr or somewhere—he 
apparently that's what happened. She was started out as Batgirl, then they changed her to Spoiler, then they changed her back to Batgirl. So there's actually a, a panel where she's like changing, or she's like on a rooftop, mm-hmm. and he 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 made like an animated gift, so you can see how he had to redraw or draw over that, so you can see her as Batgirl, then as as Spoiler, then as Batgirl. So it's yeah. I don't know what the reasoning is, but gosh, that must have been fun for him to go back and like redraw. Um, this is Stephanie Brown in like every panel. Well, I mean, he's only one in costume. That's it. Yeah, because you know, well, she spends a lot of time in schoolgirl uniform because yeah. he's in the school and so very so she almost and, inappropriate. So she and Barbara Gordon are, are close. I don't don't, in don't age even now, right. Here's the thing that's kind of weird yeah. to me: Catwoman is only is supposed to only be 23 years old. No way. Yeah. No well, way. it was. I mean, that's exactly how I feel, but. That's what I think that that's what was stated in like the first issue or second issue or something of, of her self titled so series. You which are is weird. You are older than Catwoman now. Thank you, Tony. Happy birthday, by the way. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, sir. <clears throat> Last week. Okay. So um there's there's that and then also the um the whole Barbara Gordon thing, you know, because we still don't really know how old she is. So she did spend a year in the wheelchair. What? Yeah, one year, it was one year or was it four or one? No, I think it was. Or was it was it a year since she got out of it? I, I think don't it was remember. a year since she got out of it, but four years ago yeah. is when she got shot in the back and she did all all the stuff that she was supposed to do. But, but she's that means she's that she was she's younger than Dick. That means that she was Batgirl. So wait, was she Batgirl before? Yeah. Okay, she's Batgirl so before. She was Batgirl before as a teenager. As which a te- makes sense. Okay, and we don't know if she was Oracle. And then there's no, right, there's no mention, mention of, she's of that. Wheelchair, but no oracle. It's got to be oracle. Um, but Dick is supposed to be older than her. We've seen some some flashback. Okay. And I think unofficially you said he was supposed to be 21 ish. Yeah. See, that's weird. Isn't that weird? Um, but also, no. um, I think it was it was in um, last week's Red Hood and the Outlaws, mm-hmm. where I, I think Jason mentioned that he was Robin for a year. But here, okay. Here, here's a problem. Or I know. I think, I, don't don't try to wrap your head. Well, yeah, yeah, they yeah. Will, I mean, we're, we're just you just have Everything to ignore. It. But where, um, and I'm guilty of this too. Where a lot of us get hung up is that whole five years thing. Yeah. But that doesn't mean. I mean, Dick Grayson could have been Robin already. seven years ago, eight years ago. Yeah. By by the time Justice League number one came, it could have already been J- Jason Todd could have been dead. You know, so yeah. we don't. Which he's, that he's doesn't make work sense. With Justice League. Yeah. I guess. I, I sure. guess. Like I. At that point. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's right. Yeah. I guess it's just weird for me to think that uh, Stephanie Brown is is Batgirl as well as Barbara Gordon. Okay, fine. Well, well, I guess that's fine. Stephanie would have to be younger now. Well, she would be because Robin that Tim much right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because Tim is younger now. We don't really know how young he is in, yeah. in Teen Titans. The chronology I think is less important than how the writing reflects what the age are supposed to be right now. Yeah. So Catwoman is if, not yeah, if you're saying like Catwoman is twenty three. The way she's drawn and the way she's written is not. It, it she's just not doesn't make sense. Not your average twenty-three year old. Yeah, well, you know, even she's not your average thirty-year-old either. But no. she's written definitely to be more of a late twenties, thirty-year-old. Yeah. Character. That's, anyway, that's how I read her too. Okay. Bunch should, of comics out this week. Should probably start talking about them. What, what little few we can. Um, so, Flash number four, which you reviewed. I reviewed. Um, I gave this a four. Okay. Um. I like the cover. It's pretty the, cool. the cover is amazing, yeah. And that, that's one of the things is 
I, I get the feeling that Francis is really experimenting with layouts because you know the, the covers. He's been doing a lot of things, and just inside, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of like interesting like panel layouts. The way he's doing it and just really incorporating a, a lot of things. It's, it's just really cool. It reminds me a little bit of J.H. Um, uh, Williams. Yeah. The like just the, the layout. Yeah, like the the, the two page right. layouts and and, and just two page with like the the I don't know blades. Yeah. Instead of straight panels. Yeah, I prefer it so much more. And it, it, so, if if people read the last issue, um, or the last few issues, so Barry Allen developed a new power. He's got his super brain where he can kind of like work out all the probabilities and, and kind of figure out, okay, this is what could happen. This is what I need to do to prevent whatever. Unfortunately, he apparently was spending too much time thinking. Got shot in the head. And that looked like it was the end of him. So you're going to notice that um, there's really not any flash in here because he's, he's got dead. shot. And he's dead. And he's not the only one that got shot. You killed Flash in issue four. Well, like, now what do you do? It was issue three, actually. Um, but so the way this starts out, there's a funeral. It's a flashback. But just uh, the coloring. And, and this this is where you know we, we've talked about before where writers and when our, our artist also is a writer mm-hmm. – there seems to be some – what's the word I'm looking for? Bias. No, they're, 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 it, it like – set the mood with the colors too. I mean – well, Art to set the mood. But when, when the, the, the artist is a writer, the quali- like there's a compromise of something. Like well, not necessarily a compromise, but their writing is definitely a written with specific art in mind. Mm-hmm. Like you can't separate the two. And regardless of quality, I mean that like depends you. on how good of a writer you are mm-hmm. – uh, you can it can work to benefit the writing, or it can work mm-hmm. to with writing. One of one of the two, like the artist in you or the writer in you, kind of has to take over. Because right. like like we you know you guys especially have gone on about Tony Daniel Tony many yes. times, and Daniel. and I I, I think <laughs> what what we all agree is you know as an art when he's just the artist he does a great, great job, but when he writes and he's draws, just an artist does an okay there job. there seems to be you. you know because maybe his time is split you know and I I, I don't know because you know he's also writing Hawkman and. Um, I think that he's taken on a lot, Tony Daniel, and I'm surprised that he he's taken on as mu- as much as he has. But I think that his art has always suffered a little bit when he's pulling double on a book and he's yeah. writing and drawing. Well, I I I'm one of the few. I like Battle for the Cowl, and he that's he did I, he yeah, wrote that too. I mean, that's not so bad. Yeah, um, I I thought the art when there. I mean, I don't know if he had. More time, a bigger window, because now you know everything's rush, rush. You know, stay on schedule. And his later Batman stuff, though, doesn't really make sense to me. It's like he he tried to take, I think, a little bit from Jeff Loeb, and I didn't set things up way ahead of time. Yeah, and it just didn't. Uh, Not didn't all the pieces feel. fall into place. Yeah. So uh, the point is, um, because Francis and Brian are. The artists, you know, Brian's doing the coloring and the color art, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and they're also writing. So here, I mean, it it, it works perfectly. I mean, it's it's amazing. So when we have this flashback, you can see the, like the different styles. It, it's it's almost like it's a softer touch or whatever. When when it's a flashback scene versus when it's the present, you know, they don't have to put a little caption that says you know whatever two years ago or you know now. You know, you you can clearly see the difference and. It's it's a beautiful comic, you know. It, it's you know, I'm sure we've all said it millions of times. It's just, it's a great way to tell the story when you use yeah. The art. Look at this page right here. I mean, just that's cool. So we we get more on Mob Rule and and Manuel. So we, we what do you think of this enemy to, to, to launch off the the Flash series? I actually I, I like this. Um, 
I mean, it's a new, yeah, not rogue. Do you think this is the, the mob rule enemy with these clones are going to last? It's definitely from a story point, doesn't seem like it. It, yeah, because you know it's, they're dying off, and yeah. you know that's why they killed the doctor that was supposed to help them. And, and obviously, you're, they're going to get into the rogues later on. Yeah, because yeah, that's flash. coming up. They've, I think, issue seven. They said that they're they're coming out. So I mean, I, I think it's it's a very interesting. I mean, it's it's always a, a bold move. It's like okay, we're going to start this off with a brand new villain that no one knows or, yeah. or really cares or likes. But and I think it's it, they did a great job here versus like Superman, which we'll talk about oh, in just a little bit. Yeah. We ha- that's that's one of the main problems I'm having is is we're we're seeing all these nameless alien attacks yeah. who really cares i mean there, there's there's nothing yep. it's not even a villain of the month it's just monster, monster, invisible it, monster of the month yeah it's just yeah. like there's there's you can't it's not that you root for the villains but you want to have or you know a cool badass villain to have your hero go like for there to be a reason mm-hmm. for him to be fighting not just fighting for the sake of fighting i don't know if it wasn't francis strong this and it was someone a lesser artist would the story be as interesting? That to you? that would be interesting. I, I I often think that when when I read, it's like, what would this have been like if someone else drew it? And yeah. and you know, there's there's certain certain artists like like Francesco Francavilla. I mean, the way he draws, and you try to imagine someone else trying to do that, it wouldn't have because the art actually enhances a story or tells a story in a certain way that you know, even if you had another equally great artist, it would totally change the vibe of the comic. So I I I don't know how this would be. I mean. That's the unfortunate thing is like when you get an artist who you don't think is that great, that it it kind of affects the story. Or it could have been a way better story if the yeah. art was better. Which you know I, I hate to say that, but so we got some things. Um, so my my only major problems with this book was there's not a lot of flash, which again is fully understandable because he got shot in the head. Mm-hmm. So they they'll talk about that. And also um, Iris, it's like. You know, she went to to Iron Heights, and it's like, let's have something happen with her already. So she's she's still hanging out, trying to figure out what's going on. So I I, I really enjoyed this, and it's it this is this is a good 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 series. Uh, next, Teen Titans number four. I really like this issue. This is probably my favorite issue of the, of the bunch. I've been enjoying um the series, so. We're finally getting everyone together. Uh, Superboy shows up. It doesn't quite feel like I mean it, Scott's Scott Liddell's writing Teen Titans and Superboy, so there should be total cohesiveness between the two. Cohesion. Cohesion. You don't quite feel that so much um, in the last issue. Superboy, he gets out. Well, I guess man, now that I think about it, it does make a little more sense because he he got out of nowhere. He was free. But then at the end, he basically decided to go back and and work for them. So we see that here, you know, no nowhere is hunting all these teen metahumans, and um, Wonder Girl is being hunted. So she and Superboy meet up, and you can tell that there's like an attraction because that's what they had before. But they're you know they're supposed to be enemies. We have our um, new character. What's his name again? Was it was it Manuel? He's not Manuel, also. No, I don't so, the happy guy. Yeah, I mean, and that, that's the, the thing. Guy. He he is <laughs> he is so incredibly happy. I'm trying All to find time. find his name, and it's it's almost in, in infectious. Where you know you Do just you find yourself smiling when you read him. Yeah, I mean he he's just so happy, and it's it's nice to see that because so we we have 
the the two characters here, there's like such a contrast because he is totally embraced his power and his sexuality, which you know is not a main issue. It, I mean, that hasn't even really been addressed here. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we all know that, and you can mm-hmm. get hints of it the way he's written. But you know, he's he's totally content with being you know having these powers, and then he's the the, the other character he's talking to. She is on totally ex- opposite extreme where she is not happy with her. Cause she turns into this gross bug and, you know, she can't control it and everything. So it's great that you have this, this huge contrast because you don't really see a lot, or I don't really remember a lot of characters that get powers that don't want their powers. You know, that that's usually like, I got superpowers. I'm going to be a superhero and, you know, everything is great and I'm going to be good looking and Sometimes all this stuff. like very, there's like a resistance. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of in like like the Morlocks and X Men. You know, those are the mutants that aren't you know poster child. You know, or, or right. models. You know, they 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 have to hide because they're they're deformed. And so we're we're getting a little bit of that here, where we're seeing someone who doesn't want their powers and you know has has nothing to do with it or nothing to say about it. And um, so we we also have the meeting of Bart Allen. We find out some stuff about him because the whole question was. What's his past? Does he have any connection to Barry Allen? You know, because Barry Allen's young, and mm-hmm. so we we get some information that, and we basically get the team together. There's some really great interaction between um, Tim and Bart. It's it's pretty pretty funny. So I I really really enjoyed this issue. I don't want to say anything more. I don't want to give anything away. Okay, this week was like Captain America week. We had. Captain America 5 by Brew Baker and McNiven. So this is oh, the conclusion the conclusion to the American Dreamers. So this is with um, Codename Bravo, the, the dude from the past with the yes. freaky alternate world and all that stuff. So we had that. Great, great story. Then we have Captain America number six. Two in a week. Which is Brew Baker and Alan Davis and Mark Farmer. Uh, I don't know why they they felt they had to rush us out. If it's just end of the year, get it off the books. We can tax well, purposes or whatever. Been delayed for so long. Was it? See, I don't really remember it being delayed so much. Number one was out before Comic Con. I don't remember that. What? Number Captain America number one. I don't. I don't remember there being huge delays in this this arc. It's definitely been longer than five months. Huh. Well, so we we have Alan Davis, Ed Brubaker. And Mark Farmer doing inks. Mark Farmer, which he he's a really good artist as well, and I, I love when he and Alan Davis work together. So it's it's the beginning of a new arc. There is some carryover with the previous one, and it's just I just I mentioned before I I love Alan Davis's art. It's just it's so crisp and clean, and it's yeah, so cool cool new beginning. Then we also have Captain America and Bucky, 625. So this is Brew Baker. I think Brew Baker is on his way out with this series, and James Asmus is going to be taking over. He's also um, doing Generation Hope, which um, I have been enjoying it since he took over. I, I mentioned before I was not a fan of that series. It's a good cover. And then we have Francesco Francavia doing all the interiors. Oh, and wow. So this is – takes place in 1945, like after Cap and Bucky died, disappeared. And then we have the, the second Cap and Bucky, which is a Spirit of 76. And this kid, I think his name is Fred Davis or something like that, where they're asked to, to step in. But there's also – it takes place in, in current continuity. So we, we see 
one of the characters now. And then, you know, there's so there's this tie between the flashback stories and now. There's also uh, the appearance of another old Invaders character that we have not seen recently. So it's it's just really cool. And I just, I there's something about that art. So this is another one, like, if, imagine it's like someone else drawing this issue. I mean, it would have a totally different feel yeah. to it. You think that's an overused um, story mechanic with Captain America? All the Captain Americas and Buggies who have been in the role since Steve Rogers and Bucky Barnes disappeared. Is it a what? How many of those have there been now? Spirit of 76, you have... And there's Jeff Mace, Patriot. Um, There's a dude in the 50s. Yeah. But the thing is, is they all existed, but their stories never were really told. I don't know when Captain America's comics stopped being printed because yeah. they, they went in the 40s, you know, and then it's just like he just kind of disappeared or whatever. And then it was 63 or whatever when the Avengers brought him back. And there is mention because I, I think it was like a – I think it might have been like Avengers like 68 or something like that where they, they chronicalized the death of Bucky. You know, they, they, they did a flashback scene of that. So – it's it's weird. Normally, I don't like when we get these flashbacks, but you know, as as we've talked about it before, Patriot. I love that miniseries. I mean, it was great, Absolutely. even though it it kind of introduced new history. I mean, it it felt like it mattered. Where here, what we're getting again, it it feels not not just like oh, here's just this, yeah, yeah. So it's it, it's great. Maybe it's a tie, you know, with the the flashback in modern day. So it's it's just working. Um, I'm such a big fan of. Uh, friend of the year. Yeah, he's great. So great. And speaking of him, Archie meets Kiss. <laughs> or six twenty eight. This is the variant oh, cover. cover. Um, the art. So this is written by Alex Segura, and the art inside is Dan Parent, which is like pure, pure Archie. Archie. I mean, it, it's it's good. I I, I like it. Um, the the variant is Frank of Villa. And, That's pretty cool. And it was cool because I didn't ask for this, mm-hmm. but this is the, the one I got. That's really cool the way he in, interprets Archie. Yeah. I mean, now this would be the other thing. Imagine funny. if we had an Archie comic drawn by I, Frank Villa. Wow. Because there's – I mean, you basically only have your traditional Archie. They've, mm-hmm. they've done the, the more realistic Archie mm-hmm. series where they just look really weird because <laughs> – they're they're not like cartoony. They 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 look like I I've I've have, I've never read one, but I've seen like ads where they they've had I don't know if it's like series or mini series yeah, or it's very strange. And they 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 look odd because you know they don't have like their big round noses or whatever. And so I I could imagine Frank Avia doing an actual Archie. That's that's cool. That would be weird. And my that's daughter really cool. likes Sabrina. Yeah. Yeah. I got her actually. I like Veronica. Uh, I always liked Veronica. Yeah. But it's because she has brown hair. Betty's better. There's I don't a like Betty. No, I got my daughter just the magic of Sabrina. Oh, yeah. It's a uh, like a trade, little trade. Did she watch the uh, Melissa Joan Hart? Show? She never did. She never um, did. I mean, it was before. The, time, before. Right? Yeah, she, my daughter's only eight. You can get that. You can get that on on I don't DVD. Think, yeah, Disney Family. I, I don't. It's not on instant streaming on Netflix. We looked it up. Uh-huh. Uh, I think you. I think they might have the DVDs. It's pretty good. I bet she'd really like it. We watched one of the um, cartoon episodes on on YouTube. Like I, th- I think it was a cartoon from the seventies, maybe or sixties. I don't know. And um, the cat Salem mm-hmm. was really mean. Too. Really? Because uh, meaner than on the Melissa Joan Hart. I, see, I don't really remember. I don't know. I think yeah, I really I watched. I used to it. come home every Friday and like watch that show. I loved that show. But because uh, um, there's a Jughead who has a dog, mm-hmm. hot dog. 
and and Salem was just like mean to Hot Dog, and it's like really? no one was like seeing us, and and poor Hot Dog was. So my my daughter didn't like that, because um she she's read a couple like mini novels based. I I think they're kind of based on a show, like mm-hmm. you know whatever the TV tie-ins. Um, there's a, a I think my my wife's boss's daughter had all these old books and. You know, we were having garage sale, and she's like, "Hey, if you want to you know, take what about, these." What about the Sabrina the Teenage Witch movie? Uh, what was that? What was the Joan Hart? I don't think so. Yeah, there was a there was a TV movie because she did see that. I think that was on streaming, mm-hmm. and Ryan Reynolds is actually in that. No like way, that, right? is he? Really? And he's got some some poofy hair. I mean, <laughs> it's just like almost like it's like blonde or like highlighted or streaked or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just do a search for Ryan Reynolds Sabrina or something like that, and it it should pop up because because. I was I was working in my office and then my my wife and daughter were watching it and then my wife calls me and she's like look who is that and I'm like it kind of he was just so young so it's just it's it's That's really it's funny. pretty funny because the first thing I remember Ryan Reynolds from is uh, two guys a girl in a pizza place yeah and I, I love I that show I was not a huge fan of that show I love that show but I do remember him on that show so yeah, yeah there's that. Voodoo number four. Voodoo number four. So this is Ron Mars' last issue. And um, so v- we find out Voodoo doesn't have uh, – Voodoo's powers are not limited to shape-shifting. So she, when she kisses you, she kills you. Oh. Yes. That kind of alien. That kind of alien. And um, she's also uh, – I don't know. She excretes some kind of like like spikes out of her skin at one point, and then she attacks someone with that. He's like, what's wrong with your face? And then she just like stabs him with all her spikes. It's pretty weird. But it's cool because we see her as the spy in this issue. So it's a little bit different. There's not a whole lot of plot development. And I think the reason for that is because Mars is coming off of a series and, and Joshua Williamson is taking over with the, the next issue. But um, still, I really hope that he, he uh, maintains the dynamic between Priscilla and Agent Fallon whose partner was was killed by voodoo um, because I think that, that that's pretty cool. They're two very – they're portrayed as two strong women but very different uh, and with very different strengths. So I think it's good. I gave it a four. I really liked it. But, you know. I feel like this is the kind of show that, or this kind of comic that would work almost as a TV show. Oh, my gosh. Right? Like yes. Totally. Maybe, maybe on FX or something. Absolutely. Yeah. It totally would be. Um, it's a l- – it's almost a little bit alias. Yeah, alias with aliens. Alias with aliens. A little bit of a little bit of Law and Order. SVU. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's there's definitely a, a Law and Order feel. Um, but uh, I think that I think that it's interesting. Um, the previous issue has this sort of. She shows a little bit of compassion towards human beings because she's been very like adamant about like hating humans and. And then we find out that she's half human, which is kind of interesting. And then when she meets Kyle Rayner and he's sort of kind to her, she reacts in a way like, oh, I didn't know that humans had the capacity to be kind. So I'm not sure if she's like completely brainwashed and she's sort of coming into her own. But I think that that's interesting. So there's there's been a lot of character development um, with Voodoo. Um, and I don't know. I think she is a pretty interesting character, and I've I've liked the series so far. But you know, we'll see what happens next. Are you rooting for her or mm. the agent? It's it's weird because you you find yourself rooting for both of them. Because she's killed she so many kills, innocent people. She kills people like 
off the bat. There's this really cool scene, I think, in it's not in this issue, but it's in the previous issue where um, she's hitchhiking and this truck driver pulls over. Yeah. And then he like goes to grab her leg and then like the next panel she's, she's like, like his head's like exploded on the windshield because you know like what are you doing dude? Which is like yeah <clears throat> the guy kind of uh, you know but he, what but still like well, the kill someone is a they, bit drastic for just I don't know. For what? For groping her? Well, he just touched her leg. Uh But you, to kill someone? It's like what chop his hand off or something, you know. I don't know. But, and, if, but she cho- if she chopped his hand off, right? First of all, she's an alien. If she chopped his hand off, then he would know that she chopped his hand off and you, she can't leave trace evidence. But, okay, then going back to the, the first issue. Whatever. The, like, I'm glad she killed him. <laughs> He's creeping but me out. what about the, the agent dude? Um, you know, he was just doing his uh, – yeah, he didn't need to go in there or whatever and go to just, the private room. I mean, if you think about it, she's just doing her job. And I, I – I, I, I love seeing Kyle in there, but it was weird how he was like, oh, you're a killer, but let me try to help you. And I don't think he knew. Did yeah, he? I don't know. I'm not so sure that Kyle Rayner knew that she had killed those people. It's just that when he, he came into that, that garage. Morphed. Yeah, when he came in a garage, he's like – he just like automatically knew or assumed she was innocent. I don't know. It's, no, I think like the reason that he went into the garage was because he had gotten – like signals his um, his ring detected alien right it, like they were transmitting signals to their alien planet from this garage and she happened to be there so i don't think and since she didn't morph like the other ones did um and she didn't attack him right away um i think that that's that's why he sort of let her go you know i'm almost tempted to dig out my my original wildcats cuz i don't remember her being like, like this? this. I mean, I know she was originally a stripper, right? Which was never really touched on. It's just like you know she was, and then you know she joined the team right away or whatever. Okay. And I don't. I mean, she wasn't a killer like this. I mean, she was. She was on the Wildcats right away. And I. Mean, I, but, I mean, but I, there's been so much that has happened. I. She's I an didn't, anti-hero. Didn't, I didn't read. Like, like, are are you rooting for her or against her? I'm not. I'm not survival. I'm not really rooting for her. Yeah. I mean, I we mean, don't just, know what her. That's the thing is, they're they're they're, they're, they're trying to you know prep do you know take over the the world and invade or whatever. But it's like she's doing it, but she maybe doesn't really want to do it, but she's still doing it. Or it's just it's hard. I to think say. she's doing it and she's brainwashed. Like yeah. I don't think she she knows anything else. It's just because she disappeared when she was four years old, which is what we find out in the third issue. So if she disappeared when she was four, then it's very likely that she was raised. You know, to think that oh, all humans are bad, blah blah blah, and then they send her to the to Earth, and you know she manipulates them. But she, I'm not sure. Yeah, that I, I think it's pretty good so far, but that's just my opinion. Let's see. Yeah. So whatever, it's it's very unfortunate. Um, whatever happened with you know why Ron Mars is leaving or is asked like to leave. Or... Yeah. I mean, I would like to know what direction he was planning on taking her yeah, character. Um, and, but I guess we will never know. You know, I I enjoy Joshua Williamson's yeah, me too. writing, so it's gonna be it's it's gonna be one of those where it's like like you said, you know, what could have happened, you know, because it obviously they're gonna be going in two different directions. Mm-hmm. It's that's why they didn't want him supposedly to continue writing. So mm-hmm. it's just weird to think what what could have been, and it just it doesn't make any sense if 
because supposedly what you know what what Ron said is he was never specifically told what they didn't like about his direction or his script or whatever. It's just like we're we're going this way. That's just like I don't know. That, so that leaves it sucks. Sorry. Like a weird taste in my mouth. Yeah, it, I, but anyway, we don't know all the details, so sorry. Um, Ultimates number five, Norm. Yeah, I really like this one. Um, you guys haven't been reading Ultimates one to four. One to four was crazy, and I kind of didn't like it because I heard most of them. It was I, I've complained about this on the podcast before. Way too sci-fi for what I think is appropriate for the Ultimates universe. That was a Captain um, Britain and yeah, Captain Britain, and then Thor getting depowered, Asgard, mm-hmm. everyone dying in Asgard, and then a, the big bad revealed to be a familiar character in the end of last issue, which I thought was a good reveal. But the whole thing with Seer in the city, Southeast Asia, and um, and Zorn being an ultimate Zorn. Uh, I think it was a little crazy. Um, this is a breather issue. It kind of ties in Ultimate Spider-Man a little bit. One page, um, Ultimate Spider-Woman is on the cover. So you have a little bit of time with Ultimate Spider-Man. Hickman's kind of giving I mean, literally a breather, and Nick Fury says just as much um, planning the next wave, the retaliation. Uh, and uh, you, get, you get Ultimate Falcon. Oh, yeah. Which is really good. Um, and... Uh, I think it's it's one of the more it's better paced I think than the previous issues. Not like crazy stuff. Everyone's definitely kind of in beaten up mode. You know, everyone has their egos bruised. Uh, Tony Stark, Nick Fury, and Thor, and so uh, we do get also get um, possibly uh, the return of uh, an a previous Ultimates. So all set mm. up, uh, but a welcome setup. And these covers are excellent by yes. care. And I think it's next month where uh, the free digital codes are going to be oh, included. Good. Which means every single Ultimate Comics will be polybagged. Oh, man. Because, you know, you got to protect yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. the code. So the, the bad thing about that is now that – I mean the good and the bad thing is that prevents people from flipping through it at the store. And so, like, Do I want to buy this? Now they either buy it or they don't. Should they just like do a, a scratch-off thing? If that's going to add, uh, I don't know what would be more expensive. I mean, because they did a scratch off with that GI Joe cover, which I didn't scratch off. Yeah, I I, I don't know, and I wouldn't want to. I, I hate scratching those stuff off because I usually use my nails because I don't have coins, and you get that silver stuff, and you got to try to get it off, and yeah, and you get get a mess everywhere. Especially if the comic isn't that thick, the paper isn't that thick, it's not yeah. cardstock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess paper. you would have to have a thicker cover. Yeah, mm. oh. yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about poly bags. Yeah, I don't. And and the poly bags, there, there's there's like two different types of poly bags. So, you know, there's the ones where you can just barely pull on it and it'll come apart. The the Marvel ones, those things you cannot rip. You They're need stretchy. To, yeah, you cannot just pull them apart. You need yeah. to like get a pair of scissors or something. So, Superman number four. Yawn. I will say this is better than issue three. But you know, even like Action much. Comics, the last the last Action Comics, that wasn't that great. Well, the last action comics was just crazy. It's like, here's steel, here's a battle. Oh, if you want to see how the battle played out, read the read backup the feature. Back issue. And then Metropolis is doomed. Find out in two months as we do a little a couple <laughs> yeah, of issues. Like, you know? Oh, by the way, like the next issue has nothing to do with the last <laughs> next three. Two is- yeah, so which I'm excited about the next couple issues. But so with this one, basically what has been going on in almost every issue up until now of Superman is Superman's hanging out. He's he's moping around because whatever his 
old apartment buildings being torn down. Um, Lois has a new boyfriend. The Daily Planet has been bought. There's new organization, you know, there's television and media and all this stuff. And things are changing. So he's sad. And then he's getting attacked or the city's getting attacked. And these nameless aliens that we don't care about and they're speaking some language we don't understand and he beats them and then they disappear and then another alien comes in next issue and the same thing and we got the homeless guy with the glowing eyes and he's lurking around the the shadows and it's so we do find out a little bit more there's kind of like a a twist sort of there's a slight revelation because it's like what is the meaning behind all these alien attacks who's responsible so we kind of find that out um there's there's some other questions here that you know it, it usually these issues there there's been like big revelations like big that are changing the DC universe that are establishing super there's only a, a couple things that that happen here so and and it is established that Smallville is a plane trip away from Metropolis Good. not it's like not taking inspiration from a TV show yeah where Lois can just drive to to the farm whenever she wants and so uh, I thought the the arc was going to end the next issue, but I think there's like two more issues to this. It's just like, I don't know. Okay. All-Star Western number four. I love this. So cool. I really like the ending. Of which? <laughs> of which story? The Jonah Hex story? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, the... it's pretty cool. So um, the last couple of issues, or last three issues have been totally different. And um, now Jonah Hex and uh, Amadeus Arkham, Mm-hmm. are embarking on a new adventure. So um, this guy comes up to Jonah and he's like, listen, I'll give you $50,000 if you help me find my kid who has been missing. And um, Jonah's like, okay, fine, you know, I'll, I'll take on this little mission. But afterwards, <clears throat> he um, he sort of finds more than he, he thought he would. Mm-hmm. No, so he stumbles onto not only like what's going on with this kid but something much bigger and um it's good it's really interesting it's great to see the dynamic between arkham and and jonah hex and like you said the ending of that first story in all-star western is really really cool uh the second story is this is a jimmy palmiotti and and justin gray um created a new Mm -hmm. character and it's this uh, chinese woman who is is um I guess she's like a, a ghost le- a legend, but she's got these powers, and it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty neat. I really like um, – I like that they delve into her backstory, and um, she's interesting. I really enjoyed it. I almost enjoyed the second story more than Jonah Hex's story, but it's it's great. It's very, and, very cool. And I, th- I think that's – Originally, I think that was kind of like the point of All Star Western, why it's not called Jonah Hex, because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be Jonah Hex stories and then other Western characters, yeah. which we're going to be seeing more. And I think that's neat. I mean, I love the fact that um, Gray and Palmiotti are continuing to explore Jonah Hex's character now set in in Gotham, like old Gotham City. And, and it would be interesting to see if these stories tie into, you know, the the Gotham, mm-hmm. like the old Gotham yeah, that Scott Snyder started mm-hmm. started building. But it's also cool to see um, new characters that they're that are being introduced and stories that feature old characters. Like the the previous books had like this um, I forget, El Diablo, mm-hmm. which I which I thought was pretty cool. 
There was um in the first issue of All Star Western, and I think the first issue of Batman, there they showed a, a building it was like the train station or something like that that yeah. was in both issues. So, yes, there's some communication, but I'm sure they're not. No, you know, they're not working I mean, out of the same office. Ton, but yeah, it, but it, that's interesting to see too. Yeah, so it's great. Um, it, the the first story, the Jonah Hex story, was a little bit fast paced. I think that he could have slowed it down a little bit. Um, and I think that there are some things that aren't fleshed out, like. How did Jonah Hex know to go to St. Jude's Orphanage in the first place? So I, I had a I had a problem with that, but um, the story's still good, and the art is it's more tat. He's great. I think Darwin Cook's supposed to be doing. Well, an then arc I coming can't up. freaking wait for that. But I think it might not be till six or so. I don't know. Whatever. I, I, hopefully, these, I these know are what great. These are a lot of fun. American Vampire. You liked this. I very like much. this. This is a brand new arc. Issue twenty two. Mm-hmm. It takes place in the fifties, nineteen fifty four. So, um, so this is what Scott. I think when we he, had Scott yeah, on he, the podcast, he, he, he talked about this. this. Yeah. So we have this new character who basically is a vampire hunter, but then um, so there's there's a lot of gruesome things. What he does is after he kills him, he has a, a pair of wooden teeth, and he says that he likes to bite them back. So it's, I mean, right away you, you get this, this kid, you know, he's 19 years old and, you know, he's drag racing. And, and what, what I think is interesting about this is that we have this brand new character and, you know, so there, there's kind of a, a risk you have to take there when you're just going to throw in a new character in the book and it was going to be like basically the main focus of the story. Mm-hmm. And right away, I mean, you, you kind of start rooting for him. You, you like him and, and, and we find out what his motivation is. And so there's, there's some interesting Things going on here, and it's really cool. And so it's 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 a good jumping on point. You don't need to know anything. You can just, you know, there there is one little tie to um, this organization that's that's appeared throughout, you know, different mm-hmm. issues. So we get all that. So I, that was that's really cool. cool. Is this a good jumping on point for people who haven't? Yeah, I, I think they could. And, and then once you realize how cool it is, and you're gonna go back and read the other I ones. Read all the other ones. Yeah. yeah. So it's really cool. Uncanny X-Men, number three. So this is the conclusion, which is weird. It's only a three-issue story. Well, yeah. the Mr. Sinister stuff. I'm still not sure how I feel about this. It's There's some good parts. There's some parts that I was just kind of like, eh. So, I mean, with the Celestials and I don't know. Um, Mr. Sinister is definitely set up to evolve himself to the next level as a different villain. But um, I, I, I maybe I'd have to go back and look at this again. I think there's some some points that were just really cheesy. Oh, um, because yeah, Emma. I, I mean, I know Emma Frost she, she, is in her underwear, but she doesn't need to be spilling out of it. Come on. Well, no, the part is she lost her arm. Her arm got chopped off, so she was stuck in 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 diamond form. But there's this part, and I'm, I shouldn't be spoiling this, but she's like, Namor, hold my arm. And he's like, at last. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, not affectionately, you buffoon. So, because she has to change back, and, you know, her arm's chopped off, so she At last. So, Come so, on. <laughs> he's touched more than her arm. Give me a well, No, because she's like, take my arm. So he's like, come by my side, and we'll be together. And blah, Yeah. Blah. So here's the thing is, I think it would kind of hurt if your arm got chopped off. Uh, it's little. And I think off. quickly it was chopped off. I think, but still, it's it's obviously going to be. <laughs> what norm? It's going to be um, like you know, she needs Namor to be a tourniquet. You know, she's going to be gushing out blood or whatever. 
I think there'd be some pain that would make it a little hard to concentrate and use your telepathy. That's what training's for. How do you train? Let's in case your arm gets chopped off. Use the mental pain. Nah, simulate it. But how danger much? Room. How much training has she done in the danger room? She's oh, yeah. she's she above that. She she's, she was never part of that. She doesn't need it. Yeah. So school teacher. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not. I'm still not sure about that. Kickass two number six. So, wait a second. What happens to her arm? You got to read issue. Give it to me. Actually, I don't think they they tell us. <laughs> no. You got to find out next issue. Yeah, she well, she turns back to diamond. Well, there's no way that they're going to deal with it later. Kickass two number six. Oh, the worst issue yet. Last issue was the we all saw it coming. Hit girl gets back in the game, and everything about Kickass two has been escalation, escalation. Let's go even more hardcore than the first series, and now it's gotten ridiculous. Too ridiculous. I, mm. I thought the dialogue was absolutely terrible in this one. But really, really bad one liners. This is a dollar less than many other comic books. As they are quick to point out in the bottom of the, the comic. <laughs> it's also not the the uh the conclusion. There's one more issue. And um I guess if you like gratuitous violence and gratuitous language and oh, I'm so clever, look at what I wrote. Dialogue, then you can buy this. I can't wait. I want to read this. It, it, I think it's even beyond guilty pleasure point at this point because well, you know how it's going to end. I mean, there are there aren't any twists in this issue. I guess is what I'm saying. Like mm. the previous issue is like, oh, could they actually go there, and then they do with with violence. And this issue is just like, ah, uh, okay, everything is just kind of falling into place now. Uh, Avengers: Children Crusade. Oh, what? Oh my yes, gosh, Sarah's been hogging so it. So good. What? I is it finally out? The is this eight of nine? Eight of nine. Seven of nine. Eight of nine. <sighs> Star Trek. <sighs> what can I say about this without? Uh, uh, let me guess. Five it? out of five. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, oh my gosh. So, so the whole uh, Avengers. Uh, actually, versus... I, I it was ruined because I, I walked by your desk and I saw it, it was open to the last page. So thanks a lot. Really? Mm-hmm. What are you doing looking at my desk then? Your I, fault. Yeah, I walk by and there's, oh, there's, there's a comic sitting open. <laughs> You're her fault. Like, what is she reading? Who, who leaves a comic, the oh, spoiler no. page open? Well, I mean, that's... Norm hasn't seen it, so we won't That's not even... Nope, nope. Like, that. even that last page isn't even, like... Yeah. It's... Uh, yeah. Um, I wonder if I can pre-order the hardcover now. I mean, I, I don't see why. I'm sure that they're going to com- compile it, right? I mean, it's ama- it's amazing. Well, I don't it's know kind of essential I... reading to build up a lot of stuff we're building up to X Men versus Avengers. Well, that's and... what I that's what I was going to say. So, um, this is it, it. Sort of starts here, and you see the the seeds being um, planted in this issue, and uh, th- this is not it's not going to end very well. Um, Basically, without giving too much away, Doctor Doom has Wanda's powers, and um, that that's not a very good thing, and, and and it leads to some very bad things. And um, there is a threat that she would die. Um, pretty pretty interesting stuff. I think it's pretty cool. Um, it's a great issue. Five out of five. Again, um, the art is just absolutely amazing like there's uh, it's just so good but i i can't really talk about it without like 
It's good. It's it's consistent. It's absolutely consistent, and it's I. Ugh. How I just, do you how do you top this issue? I it's just, just wish. Great. I, I don't know why we're on a bi-monthly schedule. I don't know if it's Alan Heinberg because I think it's Alan Heinberg. He, it's the only thing he's working on. He's in Hollywood, so because he didn't he do like the OC. He did the OC <clears> first. Which I mean, he's, won't he's hold a that producer, him. dude. It's just like Damon Lindelof stuff. And I don't think well, what's Sean uh, doing. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think he's doing anything else either. I don't, and I don't know what his I rate mean, his is. Art is is really. I mean, I'm sure he's expensive. Yeah, I I don't know if if he's a monthly artist or if. You know, so I don't know yeah. who who they're accommodating. I mean, it's this is so one where like it's well it's it's well worth the wait. Yeah, you know, on on a, the bi monthly. And I'm glad that he's doing all the art. I mean, unlike in Captain America uh, number five, which I, I'm sure that was delayed because of McNiven over Brubaker because Brubaker is very consistent. Uh, it's half the book is not McNiven, and it's really jarring almost. Hmm. Um, so it, it's worth the wait. It's going to be one of those buy it all and trade. I didn't realize it was nine issues yeah. of this miniseries. Um, was it always nine? I, I believe so. I, I felt like it was shorter it was too. Less because mm-hmm. I feel like uh, maybe they push it out because they want to lead into uh, Avengers X and stuff. Um, I'm not sure about that though. Uh, speaking of the Runaways, and this is the only place we're going to find Runaway stories right now. There is Ultimate Runaways uh, in Ultimate Avengers Five. They kind of hint at the name, but it's not like the Runaways at all. So it's just the name. But that last page is a kicker, huh, Tony? Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it. Thanks. I'll read that later. Um, it comes out on March 28th in hardcover. Um, it retails for $34.99. So it's not so bad. I mean, for nine issues. You know, what they're doing now, it's it's like uh, four issues are getting collected in hardcover for like 20 bucks. That's... It's like, that's like $5 an issue. Yeah. It's like, that's crazy. But so this year you're getting nine issues. And on Amazon, if you choose to go there, it's it's 22 bucks. So that that's that's definitely worth it. Um, so it's available for a pre-order. Um, no, looking at the cover to issue number one, it mm-hmm. says issue one of nine. So it's always yeah. a nine issue. Okay. Um, FF thirteen. Have you read this yet? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, so this is continuing un, un, under Doom or whatever. I forget what it, it's like called. Like this cover? Did you read it yet, Tony? I have not. Okay, I wonder if the cover has. Uh, is telling. Um, oh, I don't think it, Bo, 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 Bobilo. No, I mean what's happening no. on the cover with like. Now, is this worth reading now that FF, the previous FFs, have converted to Fantastic Four? Uh, well, the the last issue, I had a problem with the art, and I, I talked about it. How it's this one? It's the same artist. Yeah, it's Bo, Bobilo, I think. Where some of the kids, it's, it's you almost lose track of who is who because a lot of the kids. Like, you know, exactly. Alex and Franklin look like they're the same height. And all of a sudden, Alex has brown hair instead of blonde hair, which maybe that's supposed to distinguish it. And then, you know, it's like, well, what about Bentley? You know, which one is he? And so I I just had a major problem with art. And because FF, we, you know, we started off with Epting and then we had Barry Kitson and there was someone else. And we, there was, there's been so many different artists in there, which is a problem I have. So it's like when this gets collected, it's going to be one of those like frustrating things, at least for me, where you know you're going through a lot of different artists, and I, I know some people do like the art. I think when, when the review for the last issue up, you know, people said they liked it or what, and you know, it's a certain style that you can appreciate and everything like that. But it's just to me, it's it's almost distracting when you're you know when you have to try to figure out who is who, and so I don't know. But so it was interesting because in Fantastic Four six hundred. 
they're getting attacked, so they do the the, the panic switch, whatever, and teleports the top mm-hmm. the entire building away. They end up in in Latveria, so they go. You know, Doctor Doom is under the control of the evil Reed, and Nathaniel Richards there, and Kristoff is there. So they go to seek them out. So it's like you got basically got the FF the kids with Doctor Doom and Nathaniel. So it's like an evil Reed. It's pretty cool. So it's like what this doesn't sound like a good idea, but I like it. Um, I think that's all the comics that we've read. Uh, Secret Avengers also came out today. Did you read that? Uh, yes, oh, I did. Uh, Warren Ellis is actually second to last issue before Rick Remender takes over in a point one issue, and I think this is number twenty. So there's going to be twenty one point one. Um, and uh, I thought that say, was his last issue. Well, the next issue this is this looks like a Warren Ellis issue. Mm-hmm. It says Rick Remender was a. Uh, I mean, there's an ad in here for the point one. Twenty one point one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's again standalone, really wonderful stuff. Time travel, um, as the cover suggests, it is a Black Widow focused uh, issue. Uh, not one of the best time the travel stories I've read. It was in the sixties. Uh, there are pages of this in the sixties, and the cool part it, it's Maliev and Ellis. I don't know if they've worked together before, but um, it would be very hard to do what she's doing on the cover. Yeah, but, let's see that pose. Yeah. It's it's like a yoga pose almost. Yeah. Um, you can't do that, sir. You you try doing that right now. I got just it's, just like I'm, that. Your I'm center balance would, because, wouldn't work exactly because I mean got, all, that all, all the muscle is, is on in her. that one thigh. Yeah, that's right it. There. It could be done. I'm plugged. I can't. I'm plugged in. Uh, <laughs> what I was gonna say is that part because it's time travel. Part of the book takes place in the '40s, and for that part, it's actually done in three-panel comic strip style. Very hmm. cool. Um. I'm so tired of the X-Men ad, two-page ads. Yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of, I think there's like yeah. two of them. Uh, it's worse than X-Force. Um, but anyway, uh, pretty. some parts of the story are actually quite touching, and it's I think it's a good issue. Not the best time travel story, but and I don't think it's the best Secret Avengers story. Is it a good uh, a Black Widow story? No, nah, not even particularly a good Black Widow story, but a, a really solid uh, one-off Secret Avengers story. It's very Warren Ellis. And there is so for the the last week of the month, there's so much. So we had a uh, New Guardians, Green Lantern, we had Ultimate oh, X Men again. Ugh, so bored of Ultimate X Men. You like this? I, I don't like stupid Striker Junior yeah. and his purple. I like it. Armor, it's purple Sentinel Sorry. armor, and like the first issue with the the monologue by Rogue was amazing. Uh, I don't like this villain. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for cool. the arc to be over, and it's and it's it because we it's like we have two different X Men teams. So it's has Jean Grey even appeared in this series? Because we had um, Jimmy yeah. Jimmy Howlett, James. So it's just weird. Uh, I don't know. So we yeah um like we got Aquaman, which is um they're going into the, the trench, the darkness. So that that I I want to read that. Um, Iron Man 2.0. I don't know if. When the last the last issue. one, right? I mean, they're I ending this. Too. Yeah, Canceled. I mean, I'm we're sticking sticking it out. Um, it says the end at the end. Oh, so. okay. Sorry. Um, we got Batman and Dark Knight, David Finch, X Men Legacy. This is um Mike Carey's last issue. I think he did like seventy one or seventy seven issues in a row. So. Wow. Um, I Vampire I cannot wait to read this. I, I love that. Um, got Deadpool, Dark. Just Justice League Dark, Legion of Superheroes, Captain Adam, Thunderbolts, Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight seems like it's been going on forever, and this is eight issues. So unfortunately, that's ending. 
Annihilator's Earthfall, Black Panther. Um, he's got a few more issues. Panther's that. also ending. Blackhawks, Vengeance. Is this the last issue? Six to I six. I really liked those covers. Um, Astonishing X Men. Oh, this is the uh, yeah. number forty-five. Infamous the the Storm, Storm and Cyclops, Cyclops kiss. kiss issue, which ended much better than I thought. We got Avengers Solo. Um, Hawkman, and we got Mighty Thor. Thor. We got Firestorm. Um. Artifacts came out this week. So there are a lot of changes, too, aside from books that are ending in February, because a few of the ones that came out this week are ending in February. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of um, creator changes. Yeah. Like George Perez is off of Superman, and Ron Mars is off of Voodoo, and but George has, Firestorm. I think, two more. Does he? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think six and I think seven's new. Ethan Van Scriver is taking over Firestorm. I don't remember. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, voodoo's changing. Uh, um, with Captain America and, and Bucky, James Asmus, I think he might be taking over from Brubaker because they mm-hmm. both work on this one. Then Warren Ellis is leaving um, Secret Avengers. Yeah. Well, I think he was never on there for right. a long time. But there, I'm just saying, yeah. a lot of changes. Jeff John says up him and, and Ivan Reyes are in for the long haul. Good. Um, yeah. Uh, Mike Carey's leaving. Leaving um, X Men Legacy. Yeah, this was his last issue. Um, uh, I think that's it. Alpha Flight's ending. Black Panther's ending. Yeah. Black Cox is getting a new creative team, right? I don't know. I think. Um, and Firestorm definitely. I don't know about Black Hawk. So yeah, that's this week's comics. Yeah, and not so much news. Um, um, I think the the big news is. Watchmen to prequels yeah, that that I still haven't seen. I mean, yeah, really, the, the art was was posted and um, pulled and pulled. It. So I, I think I don't know if I I, I think it was Bleeding Cool that, that posted it originally. Wherever mm-hmm. they got it, and they and as soon as they posted it, other people posted it too. Isn't okay. I heard that Bleeding Cool was like going into their. Into the, they're trying to break into a firewall and stuff like that. See, I don't think that's the case because that's what they 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 posted a lot of the new fifty two covers before they were officially released. From my understanding, is someone on the CBR message boards figured out the URL codes or patterns or something like that and was able to find them, and then I guess <laughs> Bleeding Cool posted them from there or something like that. So I don't oh think it's not gosh. like anyone necessarily hacked into them. I don't think. Anyone from Bleeding Cool, or any just anyone in general. I don't. I don't think anyone. Oh. Any, it's not like someone like tried hacking into the computer. If if you could figure out, I think, and I, again, I could be totally wrong. I think if you could figure out what URL to type in, you could find the images. Mm-hmm. So unless mm-hmm. unless someone broke into an FTP or figured that out, or that's what I, I was thinking. I, they I, did. I thought that someone just figured out where or how the URL for each image. Because like if you look at any image, you know, you can see where that image is hosted on the site. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that that's Poor how... naming schemes. Yeah, so I think that's how it was. I could be totally wrong with that. Now, as far as, as this Watchmen art, so there was a Night Owl by um, Andy and Joe Kubert, and then there was uh, the comedian by J.G. Jones. And we don't know how... Uh, Bleeding Cool got it. I, I remember, I think it was like October, November. Maybe it was, I don't remember. It was just recently where he posted that 
someone from DC called him from a bar in New York and said Watchmen 2 is coming or something like that. Whether that's the case or not, we don't know. It was never revealed. And and that's the thing. If someone is leaking information to him, that's a bigger – that's a problem right there. You know, it's not – You think they're getting paid? I don't know. To um, leak information? But the, the question is, who's actually leaking? Is it intentionally leaked? The, I don't think the, no. The, the, no. Let, let's let's act like we don't know anything about this to get the buzz out there, and or is someone actually saying, "Hey, you want That's this?" A lot of extra work for DC legal. Oh, let's leak it now. You've got to send all these people that picked mm-hmm. up the story cease and desist letters. I don't know. And they, they were sent like on Christmas Day too. That's what, what Rich Johnson said that he he got that one. Um, I, what was funny is I noticed, I, I forgot who it, some other site posted an image and they, they tr- clearly tried like erasing the watermark that Bleeding Cool put on there, which wa- Bleeding Cool Why? did that with the new 52 images too. They, they would put a little Bleeding Cool stamp on there. It's like, you don't own the image. You weren't given the image. You just happened to get it or whatever. So anyways, whatever, that's fine. So they, they had it, uh, the little Bleeding Cool logo on the comedian and I saw another site tried to like erase that because you can see like yeah. you know the the border around her was taken off it's just like come on like they have it you, you should and they acknowledge it in the article that that's where they got it from it's like why are you taking the watermark out or trying to erase it or- well it it's i think it's obnoxious that they put the watermark yeah. on the image anyway like you said the image doesn't belong to them yeah i mean it's it's one thing if you're given the exclusive right. like you know cbr does it all the time when they have an exclusive pre they'll put up there yeah we get exclusive stuff just like throw it up there people can i mean it's it's not worth for us to try to slap comic mine on there or so um yeah so basically the art was up there and then DC's supposedly DC's legal team said you need to take it down because we own that art, which leads you to believe that maybe there is something or maybe not. I mean, that I mean, you know, each week when we post uh, the awesome art picks, you know, artists draw characters all the time. I mean, you can have someone like uh, Steve McNiven draw Spider Man. Doesn't mean he's going to be doing a Spider-Man series or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. just like, you know sometimes they just they draw them for fun. So just because there's a J.G. Jones picture of the comedian, maybe he just felt like drawing it. Yeah. Know? So it's the fact that DC Legal went out of their way to be like, "Hey, pull this." Yeah. It makes it look like, well, you know, if we didn't have confirmation before, like makes them look kind of weird. But uh, so I bad. so I, I read up a little bit and uh, yeah, I wasn't aware of all the the legal stickiness because I, I don't care about all the, the bickering back and forth and all this stuff. But suppose, I guess, before Watchmen even came out, they talked about doing a, a prequel miniseries with the Minutemen that Alan Moore and, and Dave Gibbons would do. And then they said, and you know, maybe we would do like other, like, you know, stuff with Rorschach or with the comedian or, you know, other spinoff. So, I mean, this is like way back in, in, in the 80s. This. They're They're talking about that. So there's been talks. I, th- I think when the the 15th anniversary came up, they're you know wanting to do stuff like that, and you know Alan Moore was just upset with no the, the rights, and because he even said that at one point he he said if they would have asked him like 10 years ago, he would would have done it, but because he felt that he was cheated, and you know just Bad like, experiences, yeah. So he's just like you know I I have no interest in whatever, and so. I don't know. I mean, there's there's definitely I I don't want a sequel, but there's clearly 
there, there's there's plenty of things they could do with the sequel. What happened with with um, Silk Spectre and Night Owl? You know, they they went off. Oh. They could do that. I, I'm not, again. I'm not saying I want to see. That. I'm saying that they what's their continuing adventures? You know, are they still going they out? They had the epilogue. There was no epilogue. They they visited her mom and they they left and, and then they were fat and chubby she's, and, and she's like, oh, Silk Spectre is a girly name. Maybe I need some armor and a gun. No, so they, that's what she said. They she they could go off. Uh, what about cool. what about Rorschach's journal? They you know no, that that no, that, that, that kid got that. What about Doctor Manhattan? Is he come at, where, Where's Ozymandias? What you know? I'm saying there's you could do it again. I not oh saying God. I want to see this. The other thing is since that takes place in 1985, what if what what's the 21st century in this this world like? You know what, what's what's the next next generation? Huge, you know it's the right. new new yeah, batch. Not no none of the same characters. Yeah, or no, you know no, further legacies or whatever. I, I don't. It says Dark Knight Strikes Back all written all yeah, over it. Which I you know I still haven't finished reading that. Oh. And it, that's the thing. It's like if you don't like it, if if DC does decide to do a sequel or anything else like that, you're so against it. Don't pay for it. Don't support it. And, you know, let it be a, a financial flop, and then that'll you know that speaks it louder. Will exist, and it you, should. But you just whatever. It's like it doesn't. It's just like the Star Wars prequel. Some people hate them. Just don't watch them. Act, act, act like they don't exist, and then just get over it. And you don't you have to get all worked up. What as far as um, like prequels, like stories on the comedian or the other night. You know, they could say you know when did the original Night Owl pass the baton to. You know the second night. You know they, the the thing. My problem with the prequels is like, will they really matter? It's like, yeah, you could flesh out the characters. It's like going back into like the Captain What's America the point stuff. Of mattering. It's the point of telling a good story. But we already know where they end up, and it's why like, do, why does mattering? Matter? Because they're just gonna let's make up some some secret history and just put it in there, and and hopefully it's gonna be a good story, and maybe it's gonna not be a good story. Because at the end, if if not, if there's gonna be no when when you're it's it's my whole Batman confidential argument. If you have a character and you can't take them to a new level, well, you know what? Here, here's some secret adventure I that like that happened. Stories though, I like them because it it allows the the writer and the reader to further explore a character. You know, in a specific time, you know where that character, like during that character's timeline. So like the like the Batman confidential stuff that took you back to like. Like the mid '90s, right? In Batman comics, uh, but there's, it's, there's... it's like present day comics that you can pick up now. But you know, in in a different interpretation of that character, because that Batman and the current Batman are different. I think it's it's harder to rewrite history. It's like time travel, writing the past but without changing the present. Mm-hmm. Just like in Batman, the current Batman, like the Bruce Wayne's first. Mystery that he's he it can, like, it, it can that's be like done, Batman confidential. but the Batman confidentials never delivered anything like no, that. They, 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 were, they were all correct. throwaway they stories, throw, that, they were throwaway. Like, the, the point with Watchmen is that it was, it's self contained, it made a point, and it's not a universe that needs exploring. But who knows? That's the end of that, Tony. It's sorry. Don't, don't, that's talk to DC, I'm not the one doing it. Um, I don't think there is anything else. News-wise? Not really. Some more photos of uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Peter Parker looking like a bully. Right? Like a jock and a bully. Yeah, he does look like a jock. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. Kid's pretty ripped. Just because he puts on glasses and holds a vial, right? (laughs) Give me a break. Although I'm surprised at how young um, Emma Stone looks. They're supposed to be in high school. I think she looks They are, but I like it's believable. Like She looks much younger than uh, in other roles that she's played. 
Um, as far as uh, that's it. If, you, if there's anything else you guys want to bring up, I, think I have just a couple questions from Twitter. Um, Geo sort of key asks with TV shows like Once Upon a Time and Grimm airing now, is it time for a fable series to begin? Long overdue, yes. I mean, it was originally supposed to happen at ABC, and Bill Willingham knew nothing about it. I want, like, a Fable Showtime series yeah, or something. Yeah. I haven't seen Once Upon a Time. I don't know. The problem is it's going to be, okay. like, one of those, like, Zoe Deschanel-type shows, you know, like Tin Man or whatever, and it's going to get – it's not going to be as good. I still yeah. haven't watched Tin Man. If you're going to do it, they should do it not on, like, ABC or an NBC. Like, an, like AMC. Yeah, Totally. But they're about Westerns right now, so maybe uh, after AM, that was, phase is yeah. over. Um, let's see. Davio five oh, that's that one. Davio five twenty asks, Will Matt Elfring ever get the trades he wants? He, no. And I he he asked me He works at a comic shop. Well, because he wanted to borrow my, my omnibus. Oh no. And I said I, I I don't lend out trades anymore. Um good policy. But then Davio528 says, what is your favorite bat suit? Oh, that's a very good question. Oh, my goodness. That's a very good question. Yeah, uh, it is. If, if we look at the Batman skins, I like the 70s version, like Neil Adams, like the original, like the, the pointy ears, big yellow, blue, and the gray. Really? It's, it's Just for the appearance, I mean, it's not the, the most practical suit, but I, I think just looking at the time periods and just how – it was such a, a – that's when things kind of got darker again from like the, the campiness of the 60s that there's just just the, the – like the, that action figure that I have on my desk, like the big – you know, not the not the um, the Kelly Jones super long, long pointy ears, ears yeah. but just, you know, Skeleton uh, long enough, you know, pointy and just – I do I, like Kelly Jones. That's, I'm going to say Batman wore his – the uh, utility belt is actually pouches. And Jim Lee, yeah, the with, Jim with Lee the No, like like pouches that kind of almost flail around, and then uh, the bat symbol without the circle. Black. I don't like the circle Batman symbol. Yeah. I don't think that's cool. It, it serves. But a I don't purpose. like the uh, Batman Ink one or the new Batman. Me neither. I don't like the Batman Ink. Just that that really raised don't like circle. The new Jim Lee. But I don't like the new Jim Lee. Design. I like the old Jim Lee design, like the hush. That's when he he actually that gave him cool. boots with treads. Yeah, I thought that so was cool. So he doesn't though. slip when he's jumping from yeah. rooftop to rooftop. Makes sense. Kick someone in the face. Boot marks mm-hmm. and Wayne Enterprises. I also like the Tim Sale uh, yeah. Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, Cassius335 asks, um, in regards to Runaways, so what happened, do you think, happened to not Kurt anyways? Hmm? That can seems to So what do not, you think happened to it. Kurt? Right? Um, Gertrude. Gert. Gert. Um, yeah, so there is a crossover with uh, the Runaways in Dakin, Dark Wolverine. Um, surprisingly, I have not read that because I've been waiting for, you know, the Runaways. It's like it, they, it sucks that they're not, they don't have a series, that their series didn't get canceled. That's another great series, Sarah, that I think you would enjoy, like the original collections of... Uh, yeah, but both the... Uh, Brian, uh, the uh, Brian K. The Vaughn. B.K. Vaughn and also the Joss Whedon. I didn't like the Joss Whedon so much to... Back in time, the late eighteen, whatever, definitely not as good. Yeah, not as good as his X Men run. But uh, the BKV stuff is really good. Mm-hmm. It's really, those really are good. those are cool. It's really accessible too. 
Um, Cloak and Dagger are in there. Mm-hmm. X Men are in there a little bit. Um, yeah, so I can't answer that question because I didn't read that. Because I, I, I don't think I read that. Because I remember they're on the cover where it's like finally the, yeah. yeah, the Runaways over there. Um, and I think that is it. Oh, not many questions. I got a question for you guys. It was just a lot last minute. Yeah. What's your favorite comic of the year? It's the last podcast of the year. I can guess. Oh, no. You can guess mine. What? Guess yours? And Batman. Yeah. Batman. Black Mirror I mean, for Tony, X-Force for Sarah. Yeah, I think so. I think X-Force. I think those are very good picks. Thanks thanks for giving me my pick, Norm. No, yours? but that's true. That's true. Yeah. What's yours? I have another X-Force as well. Yeah. Ultimate something. Oh, ooh, Ultimate stuff was pretty good, but not as good as X-Force. X-Force uh, was consistent. I think you, you judge... Uh, how good an arc is by how slowly you read each issue. Yes, that's so true. Mm-hmm. Or right. how how many times you go back to like yeah. reread a panel. Very very slowly, both those Black Mirror and X Force. Definitely. Yeah. And there's so much stuff that you pick up afterwards, especially with the Black Mirror. You go mm-hmm. back and you reread, and it's like wow, it's still really impressive. Yes. By the hardcover. So what is yours? That's a great question to ask and maybe to like throw it out to you guys listening. Like what's your favorite book of the year? Let us know. And I guess that's it. That is it. Have a happy new year. Yeah. No, we're, so we're going to be gone for a while. We're not going to be back till next year, <laughs> which is next week. We'll, we'll see you guys or we'll, we'll be back next week. And thanks for listening. Sorry, Corey. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, he's not listening to this. He's probably like, those guys, I asked if they were doing a podcast, and he said no. I would say number two is Scarlet. Did that ever finish? No, it didn't. He stopped. They they stopped after at their inappropriate place. I don't remember where it ended. Best new series? Moon Knight. Oh, I was going to say Moon Knight, yeah. Um, Best new series? How about Batman? How about Wonder Woman? They're all good stuff. It's been a good year for comics. Mm -hmm. Not, Not a Green Lantern year. Like last year. Yeah. There's more out there. Yeah. All right, guys. Go Bye. Home. Don't drink and drive. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Click it or ticket. And don't don't read comics and drive. <laughs>